Welcome back to the Weighing In Podcast presented by Track Wrestling. I'm your host, Alex Steen. On the line, as always, David Mirakatani. David, episode 122, I hear you've been taking some shots about how long you've been doing this podcast. Yeah, it's a little rough, man. We're going to try to keep it not personal, but uh, my uh, historical level of commitment to things has been questioned and brought up by this. So uh, it just goes to show you how good of friends and how highly I think of you and Andy. Let's just let's just keep it positive. We'll just say that. So. <laughs> yeah, you know, I mean, they always say if people aren't taking shots at you, they don't care about you. So, uh, you know, you, you try to spin it the right way. Uh, you know, if they didn't care. They wouldn't make fun. So... <laughs> You know, we were talking before we came on the air here. Uh, it's kind of that, you know, week between things. There was some NAIA action, some JUCO action, some international action. But we got a lot of D1 news to talk about this week uh, going into the conference tournament. It seems like there's a lot going on. Yeah, I think you and I had thought, hey, we'll just go through our, we'll review our picks. We'll review the over-unders. You know, we'll talk a little bit about Grandview, probably setting another scoring record, you know, things like that. And Kolov, and clearly a few other major things have popped up. So, I mean, it's, it's, you talk about this all the time. It's just never quiet in the world of wrestling. This is how it goes. No doubt. And it's hard to predict, too. Uh, one thing we did kind of see coming Joe Smith and Chandler Rogers wrestled off last night. Uh, well, we're recording this on a Tuesday. They wrestled off Monday night. Uh, Joe Smith emerged the winner three to two and seven to four to earn the spot at 165 pounds for Oklahoma State. Um, kind of sad for Chandler Rogers to that's the end of his career as he's a senior um, and won't get to go out at the NCAA tournament. But, you know, that's kind of our sport. It's tough in that direction. And, you know, there's a lot of good guys for Oklahoma State. Um, I'll, I'll get it, throw it over to you for your reaction. But, you know, Joe's not going to be a very good seed at the NCAA tournament, assuming he qualifies at the Big 12s. Uh, I think there's a contest out there that people may want to take a, take a shot on Joe Smith for. Yeah, I mean, before we talk into, talk about Joe, I mean, what you're talking about is fantasygrade.com and the Fantasy Wrestling National Championships, and they're really set up so you can prove, you know, the most about wrestling between your friends and people from around the country. They've got two contests. They've got an online one that's set up as a salary cap. People that don't know, that means anybody can pick anybody. You know, they're not just once you pick a guy, it's gone. And then there's a live auction event being held at the Yard Restaurant in Pittsburgh. And I just got the email from them. They only have six spots left. It's an awesome contest. It's $99 to play. You get $300 of guaranteed participation prizes. And then you win, you know, you win more if you take first, second, or third. So you have to do is go to fantasygrade.com and check out the live contest or the online contest. They got the rules there. They actually have a video for each to explain everything. And, you know, you get a chance to prove you're the smartest wrestling fan in the country. Super cool idea. I know uh, I'm going to be there. I know you're probably going to stick your head in on it. And uh, I just talked to Jason Bryant, and they're going to actually do the national media social at, at the yard in Pittsburgh as well. So those guys will be there at the same time. So it's going to be a super cool event. And you you and I are kind of nerds like this. And I think Joe Smith's going to be in a lot of people's lineups because he's probably not going to get a top 20 seed based on on how the formula works. Right. And for those that don't know, I mean, if Smith wins the Big 12, he's going to have four matches at 165 pounds. And we, we talked about this last week that he's not going to have a coach's ranking, which really hurts your chances. I mean, his, when he stacks up against other people, he's going to lose quality wins to most of them. He, you know, he won't have common opponents against most people. 
And so without a coach's ranking, that's really tough. He's going to be a very low seed. Now he's going to be a super dangerous low seed, no doubt. But, um, you know, when you're looking at a salary cap type of event, he's definitely going to be one to keep an eye on. Um, I'm very interested to see that draw. I'm just interested to see him at 165 pounds this weekend. So uh, we'll see how that goes. Last weekend, you mentioned Grandview. They won their eighth straight NAIA title. I caught the finals. It was streaming on ESPN's app. So I caught the finals. It's pretty good wrestling. Um, always a good time to see guys winning titles. Uh, Grandview's final score was 219 points, which was not the scoring record, but they outscored second place Lindsey Wilson by 134 points, which is absurd. Uh, I think they had 11 All-Americans, as I recall. And, you know, in the NAIA, you can take 12 guys. Uh, they actually had two guys wrestle in the finals this year. So Grandview continues to dominate the NAIA. They're starting a women's program, so I expect that to be very competitive very quickly as well. Uh, shout out to Nick Mitchell and those guys doing a great job. Uh, also, shout out to Clackamas out on the West Coast winning a, another junior college national title, the NJCAA champions. Uh, what was your reaction to that? Well, I know Josh wrote in pretty well. We coached against each other for a lot of years, and he's done a great job building a consistent program out there. And, and they've done a really good job of being ready for the national duels. And they've won the national duels several times and then not performed the same way at the tournament. And this year, I talked to a couple of my JUCO buddies, and they're like, those dudes wrestled out of their minds. They wrestled way over their rankings. And so obviously he did a good job peaking them this year. I actually talked to Grant Turner because Nike's a part of the Missouri Border Brawl, and we're going to talk about that a little later. So I sent him a text before the finals and said, hey, uh, I've got Grandview, and I'm spotting 135 points in the final, so I need you guys to cover. And it turned out they didn't quite cover, which is obviously a joke, but <laughs> Um, you know, you got to kind of, you know, I mean, it's so ridiculous, right? Like a couple years ago, I interviewed Nick and they had out, they had outscored the first, second and third place teams combined this year. I don't think they did that, but it's just silly what they're doing. And I think Nick Mitchell is one of the best coaches in the country at any level. Uh, you know, I, I think it's hard to prove that it's certainly just an opinion, but I certainly think that what he's doing is deserving of that. I mean, the results speak for themselves. Uh, another guy that got a lot of results this weekend, Nisomi Pozo of Life University, won his fourth individual national title. It was his second NAIA title in the last two years. Um, he also has two NJCAA titles when he wrestled at NIAC. So, you know, it's there are different paths through college wrestling. And anytime you end every one of your seasons of eligibility with a national title, that's, that's hard to beat. That joins a pretty exclusive club. As good as it gets, man. And, you know, D1 is not for everybody. And, you know, if, I think he's a, a guy that came, I think he's Cuban. And a lot of times trying to make the D1 clearinghouse and things like that are a little difficult. And, you know, this guy probably got most, if not all, of his education paid for. He's got a chance to get his degree, become, you know, really highly functional member of society and have four national titles. Uh, his coach is a good buddy of mine, Omi Acosta. So I actually coached against Omi back when he wrestled at Wabonzi. Really good dude, really good wrestler. So want to congratulate him as well. Yeah, they did a great job, and I think they were actually runner-up in the tournament. So I mean, you know, they haven't that program hasn't even been around that long. So that's that's pretty awesome for them as well. Definitely, and you know, watching at this time of year, 
it's tough. Everybody's kind of beat up and, you know, this is the time you want to be at your best. Um, you know, skin diseases are always an issue. I think we have a new sponsor that can help you deal with that. Who says you are not the smoothest segue dude in the business? Yeah, uh, we picked up Pure and Clean Sports as a sponsor. Uh, for those people that don't know, Ryan Freeman is the founder of that company. I've known Ryan since he was a cowboy at Oklahoma State. I'm sure you followed his career. And we started talking just because we were friends, and they've supported AWL. And we started talking about the work I do at the Extreme Couture GI Foundation. And I want to make sure that people understand that not only are they helping dominate the skin issues and changing you know, the outside world's view of dirty wrestlers and things like that. But they're working with USA Wrestling, FCA, Wrestle Like a Girl, and then the Olympic and senior level athletes. Probably more important to me, they're working with veterans and they're helping these folks with their wounds. And a lot of times they're even donating their product to veterans to people that can't afford it. And when they said that, I'm like, let's make a deal and work together because we have a really strong audience. So if you want to keep your wrestlers safe on the mat, or if you just want to support a company that supports wrestling or supports veteran veterans, just go to Pure and Clean. You can either go to pureandclean.us.us, or you can go to pureandcleansports.com, and either one will take you to their list of products. Uh, we're really proud to have them as a sponsor and uh, proud of the work they do. Very good. Glad to have them on board. Uh, keep your guys on the mat, guys and girls now. So the yeah. other guy we're hoping to see back on the mat next season, Seth Gross, has popped up in the transfer portal. Obviously, national champion from South Dakota State, sat out most of this year, wrestled one match, and now he's in the transfer portal. So I don't have any information as to where he might go. Obviously, the speculation will fly. Um, could end up at Wisconsin, I guess, with to follow Bono. Who knows? Uh, what have you heard, and what's your reaction to this, David? Well, I actually texted a couple guys, and this is this is what I got straight from a coach. He needs a medical hardship waiver to get his year back, which I think we think will happen. He needs a six-year extension waiver, which is a second thing. And then he needs a 4-4-4 transfer waiver, which is pretty rare. And that's three four-year schools because a lot of people forget he started at Iowa. Now, when I asked this coach the next question, he didn't have an answer for me. I said, well, let's assume that he graduates from SDSU. How does that play into it? And he didn't know he was going to get back to me. But obviously, Gross probably knows the rules. Uh, they can they can try to block him from transferring in conference, but really that probably won't happen either. The transfer rules are pretty clean. Obviously, Gross, I think at his worst, is a top five guy that scores a lot of bonus points. So you're probably looking at anywhere from 15 to – maybe 27 points at the nationals and, you know, to when, you know, people are like, well, how much does that make a difference? Well, 15 to 27 points right now, Wisconsin is 16th in our team rankings with 27 and a half points. And 15 would, would be the Duke is 25th with 14. So this guy is a top 20 team by himself, you know, on an average day. So it's going to be a, he'll have a huge impact on the team race where he goes, you know, we can kind of look at the rankings and say, well, who would need him and who wouldn't, like you're saying. But what's interesting is if you look at the top guys, like, you know, Misich has a year back or has another year, Fix has another year, DeSanto has another year, Soriano has another year, Philippi has another year, Tariq has another year, although he's 
gigantically tall. Janice Tucker has another year. Gomez, Pletcher, RBY, Montori Bridges. It's a super young weight. I mean, the two guys that I skipped are Lezak and Ernesty. And, you know, Mizzou's got a couple guys there, but no one like Seth Gross. And, and no one's got anybody like Seth Gross. And, you know, he's from up north. Maybe he ends up in Minnesota if, if he doesn't end up at Wisconsin. Yeah, it'll be interesting to follow that. And like you said, he could potentially have a big impact on some team. Um, obviously, a lot of people will be out trying to get him. So keep an eye on that. Um, I hope he gets another year just from a fan's perspective. You know, it's fun to watch him wrestle. And who knows what all is going to happen. I'm sure that will be a saga that drags on all summer. So uh, we'll find out. Uh, some other news, I think it's been long rumored and it has been confirmed that the Mac and EWL will combine next year for their tournament. Uh, it's, it's good. I think, uh, a bigger field, more quality wrestlers, just kind of both of those tournaments were, you know, okay. And now I think combining, they will be a better event overall. Um, I'm going to lobby to call it the McCool conference because M-A-C-E-W-L <laughs> is pretty much McCool and it sounds cool. So if, if you guys want to use way that, better than, yeah. it's way better than the Ulmac. <laughs> so, right. Yeah. yeah. It sounds way better. So what, what did you think of this move? I actually made a proposal to, to some D1 coaches a couple of years ago that they should go to four super conferences. I said that the big 12 and the PAC 12 should become a conference. The EIWA and EWL should become a conference. Uh, then the ACC and the SOCON should become a conference. And uh, and then the MAC would kind of get split up between the Big Tens and Big Twelves. But, I mean, to me, it's it's kind of a non-factor because of how the formula works, right, with the automatic qualifiers and everything. Uh, I think it's easier for those, you know, for scheduling dual meets because now you have more conference things and things like that. And, if you're in the EWL, now you get to wrestle in Mizzou and things like that. You know, Mizzou's kind of been criticized for their schedule, so they're going to really, you know, they're going to have to hit Vegas. They're obviously going to go to South Beach. And so it, it takes them, because of South Beach, it takes them out of Midlands. It takes them out of Scuffle. So, you know, hopefully they can keep an Oklahoma State on their schedule. I've always been interested if Mizzou – would ever dual Penn State. I mean, clearly, you know, they would never be the favorite, but they had this really long dual meet streak. Overall, it's really good, you know, and it's, and I think it's also, I know when Oklahoma State added, or when I talked to the Oklahoma State guys, when the Big 12 added a lot of those WAC schools, Western Athletic Conference, not WHACK, that they, they loved it because they used to be like four teams and it didn't even feel like a conference tournament. Now it's a big tournament. I'm sure you're going to be there this weekend. It's at the BOK Center, and it's a two-day weigh-in, and it's a much better prep uh, prep tournament for the D1s than it was. So I think it's this is a huge value to the teams in the map in the McCool. We'll use your term. <laughs> yeah, and you know the one thing I think I, you're right about the formula. You know, it is what it is. You know, you get the qualifiers that you expect that you should get. So. It might not change a whole lot. The one thing it does, you'll have more weights that get two, three, four, or five uh, qualifiers, mostly three, four, and five, and that it builds in some margin for error. You know, it, I've seen a lot of EWL weights over the years, especially um, less so in the MAC since they got Missouri, but 
a lot of EWL weights where there's two guys and they're both kind of, they're both 25 types, you know, they're close to the national rankings, but they're not really a given to get a wild card if they lose. And then they end up getting one spot because a guy doesn't have an RPI or something like that. And then they meet in the finals and that's it. Or one of them gets upset early, doesn't get the other spot, you know, something like that. And then they got to sweat out the at-large. So at least if you get three or four, you guys can wrestle back and there's more margin for error there. And I think you get the best guys that way more often. I mean, the system is good. If you're a good, you know, if you're a strong All-American contender, you're going to make the national tournament. But for these guys that aren't quite to that level, the more round of 24 types, I think this can be a good change. So I like to see it. We ran down a good list of reasons why it's a good change. So overall, nice work. Uh, There's one sad note. One one quick thing. One quick thing. I'm sorry. One thing that will get lost that people will complain about is that like right now, the EWL only has 14 AQs this year and 10 of those are automatic just for the conference champion. So I think if you and you understand this better than I do, so I don't mean to talk like I know it better than you do because I don't. But for people listening, you know, I think if they can get these to five or six super conferences, maybe they take the top two instead of the top one. And I, I, you know, you want to see as many schools, as many uniforms as possible on Thursday morning. I think that's actually really good for the sport. So I think that's something to consider as well. Sorry to interrupt you. No, I, I think that's a good point. I think last year. Um, there was, uh, there's every year, it seems like there's 60 something schools at least. And I think a, a couple of years we've gone over 70 schools and that's just, that's awesome. So you're absolutely right on that. And the more we can help that happen, I think you're exactly right. Uh, I was starting to move into it. Uh, kind of a sad note came out, uh, again, yesterday, it was Monday, uh, Willie Miklas put it out on Twitter was where I first saw it. You know, he transferred back to Iowa state. Uh, this year to be close to his dad who is battling ALS and uh, his father lost that battle yesterday. So uh, thoughts and prayers to the Miklas family. Um, I thought his Twitter post was really heartfelt and very moving uh, about how, you know, he got to be back home to be with his dad and his dad got to see him a lot more this year. And that meant a lot to him. So uh, I know he's hurting right now, but uh, shout out to them and uh, in this tough time. Yeah, there's, yeah, just Godspeed, right? I mean, I think I'm super close with my father, and you know, I, I'm a grown man, but if I lost my dad, I'd I'd be a blubbering mess. So you know, I just hope he's able to concentrate and and you know wrestle to the best of his ability the next you know three weeks. It also puts a lot of things in perspective that you know I love watching guys compete. I will, you know I love competing as a coach and things like that and as an athlete, but there are things that are significantly bigger than us. And it's good to, to be around that. Absolutely. Well said. Um, some international results. I think that's all the college stuff we had for this week. We'll get to our over-unders here in a bit, but there was a lot of international wrestling over the weekend. Uh, the Dan Kolov invitational. I don't think it's an invitational. I don't remember what it's called. Anyway, you can look it up. It's UWW's ranking series event for <laughs> freestyle. I'm tired. I don't know what's going on. Uh, anyway, so <laughs> we had a very nice, uh, a good tournament overall, a very nice roster that we sent both men's and women's and had a lot of good results. I'm going to run through all the results and then we can kind of cherry pick as we go through these um, gold medals went to Tamira Mensa stock at 68 kilos. Uh, 
Jordan Burroughs at 74 kilos, Derringer at 79 kilos, and Kyle Snyder at 97 kilos. Silver medals for Aaron Golston, Jordan Oliver. Bronze medals to Whitney Condor, Sarah Hildebrandt, BJ Futrell, Forrest Molinari, James Green, and Michael Machiavello. And fifth places went to Victoria Anthony, Amy Fernside, Joe Colon, Maya Nelson, and Frank Molinaro. Um, Nick Gwizdowski was at the tournament. He lost to the world bronze medals from Iran, who was the other world bronze last year when Gwiz got a bronze. And then he lost to the 2018 world silver from China that beat him at the world championship. So tough tournament for Gwiz. And uh, Thomas Gilman broke his streak of finishing at least fifth place or better in international tournaments, uh, losing the first round to Bulgaria. The Bulgarian eventually got bronze. So tough first round matchup there. What did you see that really jumped out to you this weekend? I think I can sum it up in one thing. You and I are responsible for Alex Deringer's competitive spirit and his victory. <laughs> next, next topic. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, it's very difficult to catch Alex off guard. And so that's, I've been waiting for this. I've been waiting for ever since Ringer won. <laughs> I was waiting. I was locked and loaded. I actually delivered it pretty well. So I'm going to take it. Uh, super happy for Ringer. Like just, the nicest guy in the world. And really, it's really interesting to see how that weight, that 79 weight will progress. Cause I don't think he's going down. We spoke to him about that and they don't think he's going to go up to 86 for the, the Olympic trials. I mean, I guess he might in the Olympic trials, but I think he'll stay at 79 this year. So, you know, you look at him and as a heat and those kind of things, probably a Mark Hall uh, Burroughs match against Chimizo was Kind of scary, kind of scary dominant. Beckside is training now at Nittany Lion. That was really interesting. Uh, J.O., you, you know, looked really good. Obviously, he just, you know, you, you know, uh, the Indian wrestler really good in the finals. Uh, I mean, overall, I, you know, Joe Cologne is, is wrestling in my event, so I was super happy to see him do well. You know, I'm, I'm close with Molinaro, so, you know, just – I think it's just if you're kind of a wrestling fan, like right now, the results are important because it's a ranking tournament. But I think a lot of these guys are looking to just improve. I do think the timing of this event kind of screws up, uh, you know, guys trying to make weight twice. I should say guys, wrestlers, male and female wrestling in the World Cup in a couple of weeks. So I think that part, you know, it's a sort of a uh, tangent that necessarily you wouldn't necessarily think of right away. Right. Yeah, I thought there was a few um, notes that I wanted to make. Uh, Mensa Stock, when she won her gold, Burroughs tweeted out that she's the most dominant American wrestler right now. And it's hard to argue with that. I mean, obviously, she's not the world champion, so you can kind of argue in that vein. But when she is on, she is so good. I mean, she ran through this tournament. And, you know, when she got a bronze medal last year, it was her first world championship medal. And that was kind of a culmination I think everybody saw that coming and I don't think anyone's going to be surprised if she goes on to win a world gold. You know, she started kind of late and you can see it. You can see her learning. She's got all the tools. Her technique just keeps getting better and better. And when she's on, like I said, she just blows through people. So uh, she's really fun to watch. You talked about Burroughs. That match against Tamizo, that four point double he had when he got him stood up was just a thing of beauty and he really didn't let Chimizo scramble like he did in the first two matches. So that was, if he can keep doing that, he's going to be in good shape. And like you, you talked about Oliver, 
you know, I, I will never forget watching him and James Green wrestle for the spot at 70 kilos in 2016 for the non-Olympic weight world trials. And the thing that was so telling in that match was Green could just hold his ground and Oliver couldn't really move him. And I, I saw that again against Bajrang in the finals of this tournament. Now, Bajrang's really good. He was silver medalist last year at the 2018 Worlds. You know, he's a really good physical wrestler, high pace. And again, Oliver was having trouble holding his ground, you know, st- trouble staying on the mat. So he's having to react a lot and kind of, it was a tough match to officiate because he was, he looked like he was passive. I don't think he really was. He was just having a hard time hanging in. Um, so he, I think he'll make adjustments and like, it was good to see him overseas getting some wins. That's going to be good for him long-term, I think. And, you know, I would not count him out by any means, but he's got some work to do and that's okay. Um, Sarah Hildebrand had been on fire. She got stepped over and pinned in a scramble. Um, so, you know, that happens every now and then, but just the depth. I mean, I read off all those names and there were more people at that event that didn't place in the top five. So a, a lot of depth from the U S and a really fun event. You know, we're talking about freestyle wrestling the week before, conference tournaments and D1s. So uh, that should tell you something. That's good for the sport, I think. Most definitely. KJ, Kevin Jackson had some cool, I think, like, very, you know, very objective, you know, points about the Jordan Oliver match that, hey, you know, you've got to win the hand fight battle and, you know, pointed some things out. I, I think that's cool that they're, uh, you know, that, that a guy like that is reaching out and, and, you know, obviously not giving away tricks of the trade, but just saying, hey, these are some things you need to look at. And so for people that don't know, I do the rankings, and then Alex puts down all the important stuff that we actually talk about for the week. And just, he's got eight, nine lines here. That To me, that's that's pretty cool just that we have that many guys and, and, and girls that did that well. And some of these are not the names you necessarily think of right away. So, like, I haven't seen Amy Fernside's name in a while. You know, I mean, Machiavello's a, a guy on on the come up, you know. So, I mean, just some new names like that, I think that's really awesome. I think Burroughs, like everybody tells me, like, Dake's going down and, Burrow, you know, Dake's going to win it. And I just don't know. They were so close the last time they wrestled. But it's just crazy that that dude has been that good for that long. Yeah, I agree. And that's a good point about all the names. Aaron Golston is another one who – it was really good to see her make a, a final. She's been around for a while and, you know, she's stuck at a tough weight. Um, I know she trains with Vicki Anthony a lot and they're good friends and she got a win over her. So that's, you know, that's a big deal. And she's another one. Just the depth is crazy. So uh, good call on that. There's not a lot of rankings this week. I, I hope nothing changed because there were no D1 results last week. I hope, I hope you ignored us when we said to watch the Pac-12s because that's this week. That was my fault. That was my fault. A little confusion last week, but (laughs) it is this week. They changed from their traditional date to the, to the same weekend as everybody else. So um, all the D ones coming this weekend. uh, So let's talk some over unders. Those of you that don't remember before the season started, we picked the top 20 teams from last year's NCAA tournament team scores. We, alternated one, you know, each team in the standings and one of us would set the over under and the other one would take either over or under. Uh, this was all before the season started. Now we've run the entire regular season and we're going to review 
where these sit going into the the postseason. Um, I'm going to win at some point. I, we just know that's going to happen. So uh, we'll <laughs> really? we know that. Too. We know I, I mean, that. I, I haven't looked that closely. I assume I'm going to win. It's just by how much at this point. Um, I'm gonna get. A, I'm gonna actually see here. I'm gonna keep marks of how much <laughs> confident we are in each of our picks. We actually added some columns here, which is kind of cool. Which is the latest team score and the high and low for the year. So, all right. You want a quarterback? This thing will start at Penn State and work our way down. Yeah, I'll, I'll read off the stats and then you can react. Um, so, number one, obviously, Penn State scored 141 and a half last year. Um, now, the numbers I'm going to read off are not including bonus points. They're just advancement and placement based on the rankings. So um, you're going to see they're a little bit low compared to what our over-unders were. But, preseason, but we're also going to talk about how confident we are. We're going to talk about how confident right, we are including those bonuses. So, yeah. All right. Absolutely. Go ahead. So preseason, they were projected to score 114 and a half. Um, their latest team score projection is 129, which is the highest it's been all year. Their low point was 113. So – Pretty much on the go up all year. Um, I set this over under at 140, and David took the over. David, how confident are you that the Nittany Lions are going to score 140 points? Winner, next topic. (laughs) Yes. Uh, I mean, at 129, yeah, 129, that looks pretty safe. All right, I'll do that. We'll alternate. Okay, so Ohio State, they scored 133.5 last year. Preseason was 87. I set the over under at 89. The high for the year has been 89 and a half. Right now they're at 82. Alex picked the over. So I'm, I feel good that you're going to win that one, Alex. you agree? Yeah, I feel pretty confident. I mean, I think Luke Pletcher especially can, uh, can do better than his current ranking. And they're, they're in a pretty good spot, I think, overall. Uh, pretty balanced lineup. So I, I like their chances. All right. I feel good about numbers. Yeah. 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 No, I I think that's fair. Unfortunately, Um, you know, this is one of those things that happens sometimes with these kind of bets. Iowa scored 97 points last year. Their preseason number was 76 and a half, had a lot of potential. Um, Their latest is 66 and that's the lowest it's been all year. They hit a high of 83. Most of that is Kimmerer. Um, being ruled out for the season. We thought he was going to be the 174. They've had some struggles in other areas, but that dealt a, a big blow. Um, I set this over under at 104. It might have been a little bit high then, but it would be a lot closer if Kimmerer was in the lineup. You took the under, and yeah, I think you're pretty confident about this one. Yeah, next topic. All right, Michigan, 80 <laughs> points last year. Preseason, 47 and a half. I think what we should do is tell people the numbers we both set just to see how close we were. So, for example, okay. we were at 143 and 140, 89 and 95, 95 and 104. So we're pretty close. Michigan, I set the number at 64. You set the number at 68. Right now, they're at 71 and a half without advancement and bonus. You took the over. So genius points for you, I would say, right? Yeah. I mean, if you're if you're taking the over at 64 and they're they're – projections without bonus are over that's pretty that's pretty good um good shape here i like it yeah for sure well and mason paris has been a big help there just like iowa kemmer but the other part they lost sam stole went from being at 20 points to being at two now i mean that's a gigantic part of it 
And and Stoll was probably the shakiest number one in the preseason, him and Kalasdick. So, I mean, that was c- kind of an easier pick to make. So, we get, things yeah, get a little I don't think... spicy here as we get into the next couple, I think, from what I'm looking at. Right. Right. All yeah, right, NC State last year tied Michigan for fourth with 80 points. Uh, their preseason projection was 43. Uh, you had them at 58 points. I gave the over-under at 53. Their latest team score is 36, so this one looks like it's going to be pretty close. Uh, their high all year was 53.5. Their low is 36, which is where it is right now. You took the over of 53. Can NC State do it? I I think Heidley's going to place higher than he's at. I think Tariq you know, can place higher than he's at. I I don't. You know, I, I have a hard time seeing Foz make weight three days in a row, but if he does, if Foz makes weight three days in a row, this is a wrap. They go over. If not, it's going to be tough. I actually talked to Pat Papalizio this morning about a recruit, told him I had him over uh, 53, told him he needed to get them boys in motion. He said he would do his best for me. So, um, you know, we'll see. I, I'm putting that down as a question mark for me right now. I have two checks for you, two checks for me, and a question mark for me. So, all right. M-I-Z-Z-O-U, number six, last year 61 and a half, preseason 47. You and I picked this almost dead identical. I had 58, you had 57. So since you picked 57, you went under 58. They're at 47 and a half right now. Uh, It seems to me like they'll probably go over, right? I mean, they are counting on a couple freshmen, especially Mahler, to score quality points. But as we talked about, 49 is a mess. That guy could make the finals or he could finish in the round of 12. Uh, but Daniel Lewis stepping up has been a really big thing for you. And uh, him and Ironman are going to probably score 35 points to 40 points between the two of them, wouldn't you think? Yeah, I mean, you expect them to score a lot, especially bonus points. You know, they're both pinners, which always helps. It really is. It comes down to, I mean, if Mahler can – avoid Jarrett Deegan, he might be a semifinalist, which if he is, they're going over and I'm going to lose this one. Um, I mean, it's only fair to mention Missouri has not had the greatest history at the NCAA tournament in recent times. They had a great one two years ago, really struggled last year. So what's going to happen there? I don't know. It's going to be really close. They could definitely go over 58, but I think, I think I'm going to be in this one still on Saturday. I agree. Yep. Moving up to Cornell, had 48 points last year. Their preseason number was 41 and a half. This was another one we were very close. David had 57 as a projection. I had 58, so I set the line at 58, and he took the under. Uh, they're currently sitting at 42 and a half, which is their highest all year. Their lowest is 25 and a half. This is another one you're going to be sweating out, don't you think? No, I'm good. I'm good. You're good. I'm good. 42 and a half is a lot. Is I mean, they everything has to go right for them to hit 42 and a half. I mean, Max Dean is the highest he's been all year. You know, Yanni's in a really tough weight. He looks like he'll win it. But, yeah, you know, I, I, Cornell's a year away, and then they're going to be two, three years away when my boy Josh Saunders goes over there. We didn't even mention him, but congratulations to Josh and his family for committing to Cornell. Uh, I, I, feel, I feel as comfortable – I feel more comfortable about Cornell – than I think you do about Mizzou. How about that? Yeah, I think that's fair. I do think Cornell could get hot with Vito and Chaz Tucker um, down low. They could end up with a couple of All-Americans there. And if they do, especially if Vito sneaks up close to that top four, which is possible, 
they could really make this tight. Uh, but yeah, they don't have a lot of room for error. And uh, they're going to need some guys to score points that we don't see coming. Um, which they have done a couple of times in recent years, but you never know. And yeah, I was super surprised to see that you got the exclusive on Josh Saunders uh, committing. Um, it's just <laughs> shocked that that happened. Uh, but congratulations to him. I talked to him a couple of years at Fargo. Good kid. Um, and obviously choosing Cornell, that's going to do a lot for his life in general. Uh, that's a good education. So well done, Josh. Moving yeah, we're Virginia out here trying to I'm not I'm not journalist of the year, but I'm out here trying to break stories. You know that, Alex. So I'm trying and to man, you've got more connections than I ever did. I'll I'll give you that. So <laughs> all right. Number eight, VTech. Right. Last year 47 and a half, preseason 36. I set the number at 55. Alex set it at 61. So he went over 55. They've been between 23 and 36 all year. So they're at 26 now. I feel like you take the L here, Alex. Yeah, I mean, it really looks that way. They have had a really rough year, and their guys just, you know, the guys that I thought might progress a little bit haven't really. Um, they've got a lot of guys with talent, but, you know, guys like Tom Slay and Billy Miller, and you know, Corbin Myers, all those guys look like round of 16, round of 12 types, and that just doesn't get it done. Um, you know, they need Zavatsky and McFadden to do well. They haven't always this year. You know, Ryan Blees has really struggled. VC uh, LaPrada has been solid, but again, it's it's a long road to become an All-American. You know, they got a really solid lineup. They just don't have enough point scores, and they just haven't progressed like I thought they would. So doesn't look good for me here, but, uh, you know, if the Hokies want to pull one out and have a big tournament, you never know, but doesn't look good. Yeah, it feels like right now I'm up one, which I like. All right. <laughs> You're up a half one. You got a question mark. I got a minus. <laughs> okay. So I got a, I got you two questions. have a question mark, and I have one more check, but we'll review it real quick at the end. All right, number nine. You got the press. <laughs> number nine, Nebraska scored 47 points last year. Their preseason number was 56 and a half. Uh, David had him at 61. I had him at 70. So David took the under at 70, and that looks pretty good right now. Their latest team scores 47 and a half. Their high was 58. Their low was 31. Looks good here. 61 looks like could be the number, right? Yeah, I feel good could about be. that. Chad Red yeah, could screw they, the thing up for me, right? Yeah, I mean, you've always got Moise, who's risen to the occasion a couple times at the national tournament, so you never know about that. Um, Chad Red could do some things, but... In general, they're kind of the same way. You've got Tyler Berger's the big shot, and you know Labriola. You hope will go high. Vens has a chance to place pretty high. I, I think their heavyweight actually has a chance to backdoor an, an All American honor here, but uh, they're going to have to have everything go right to challenge seventy. They've they just haven't really moved up except for Berger most of the year. So I agree. All right, number ten forks up Arizona State. 43 last year, 42 and a half preseason. To be fair, we set this thing one point apart. Me, 60. Alex, 61. They're at 36. Thank God Alex took the over because I feel like I'm going to probably, we're going to, I'm going to come out ahead on this one too. They're going to really have. Yeah, you're going to win this one. And it's just, just like before, you know, with the Kimmerer injury for Iowa, a lot of this has to do with Tanner Hall redshirting. And we didn't know that. And, at the time. and Anthony Valencio. Right. Yeah. 
Right. But I mean, Valencia, I, I don't think he projected to score as many points. He was a you know possibility if he got there kind of guy. And so, uh, you know, that's if you give his if you put him in the top four, suddenly he looks a lot better. And with this heavyweight class, he might be that high. So, uh, you know, it doesn't look good here. And my, my false bravado may be running out of steam here as we go through these. So uh, that's that's one of us might have done the math on this ahead of time. But go ahead. <laughs> you know, I ran, I ran through it quietly, and I thought I had a decent chance. We'll see. All right. Anyway, moving up to Rutgers. Rutgers was 11th last year with 42.5. Their preseason number was 34.5. David thought they would score 52. I had them at 42 before the season. They're at 35.5 right now. It looks good, but they don't have a lot of margin for error. What do you think? Yeah, I, I call this a question mark. I'd like to be right, but – they need Ashnault to win. They need Ashnault to score 25 points. Uh, and then they need Soriano to probably place at least, you know, fourth or fifth and score another, you know, that's at least 10, maybe get a pin in there. So that's 12 and they're 37. Then I think the rest of their team can score six points. So, but I, I can't give it a, a, a solid yes. Um, as opposed to your next one, which is the most lock pick of the year. On all of these. So, <laughs> yeah. uh, so yeah, number 12, let's do, I don't think there's much to discuss here. South Dakota State, they scored 42, preseason 22. I had him at 28. You had him at 27. You took the under. Alex wins next topic. So, yeah, I mean, the Seth Gross injury ended all of the, uh, all the speculation here. So, for sure. Yeah. Moving down to Illinois, at thir- it was a tied for 13th. They had uh, 37 and a half last year. 25 and a half was their preseason number. David had them at 33. I had them at 28. They're sitting at 27 right now. Uh, looks awful good for you. Yeah, I think it's okay. I mean, obviously it depends a lot on Parker, right? So, I mean, I think it just depends on if Park, which side of the bracket's on. he's on, if he gets to the bottom half of the bracket at nationals then i think he's got a decent chance to make the finals you know they got you know piatrowski they got gunther they got and, and the other guy that's really done well is is uh the 41 punter mikey carr i think you know he's probably like a five through eight guy so i think that alone is probably enough you know so yeah I, I'm, I'm gonna put that as a check i'm gonna give me it myself the yes there do you agree with that I would put it as a check because Parker hasn't always looked the best, but he keeps winning matches for the most part. Anytime you're talking about a team where two guys are going to score the bulk of the, of the points, you always, there's a little bit of risk there because if a guy takes, you know, has a bad tournament, but I don't know. I, I see them scoring easily outscoring 28 pretty easily. So they look good. Right. All right. 14. Your Oklahoma State Cowboys, probably the team that's had the most consistent lineup with the least amount of upheaval all year. So um, tongue planted firmly in cheek. 37.5 points last year, preseason 73.5. To be fair, we set this number very, very close. I had 98. Alex went triple digits at 100. They're at 80 points right now, but that's with – Chandler ranked at 65, Jacoby ranked at 74, and uh, I mean, that doesn't count gear at 84. So, I mean, I'm Jacoby at 84 and Joe at 74. So, when we redo the rankings, 
I, I don't know. I don't know that they get over 100. I think they're probably the one of only three teams, maybe the only two teams that can, but I don't know if they do. What do you think? Uh, I think a lot of it has to do with Gefeller's health and the draw. Um, they really need to push guys like Fix and Derek White into the finals. Um, if Weigel could get on the up, I mean, pitch could pitch and Weigel are kind of on that next tier for me, which is weird to say after what pitch has done. Um, but they both could make the finals as well, but I think they need to be on the, well, I, I don't say that about pitch. Weigel needs to be on the right half of the draw pitch could make it from anywhere, but I just, I have no idea what that bracket's going to look like. So when you're talking about a team with four guys that can make the finals and, you know, four or five others that could all American, you got a chance, but you know, if Gefeller's hurt, if Joe draws a tough match early at 65, cause his seed's not going to be good. You know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of moving parts here. I think they can make it, but it's going to be close and they have to wrestle well, which they really did not last year. So we'll see what happens. It's in play. It's definitely a question mark at best. <laughs> I got you at a double question mark on that one. So go ahead. Double question mark. All right. Moving down to Lehigh with 36 and a half points last year. 42 is their preseason number. Uh, David had him at 54. I had him at 45. They currently sit at 30, which is not quite their low this year, but it's lower than they have been. Uh, you sweating this one out a little bit? No, I'm taking the L. I don't see it happening. I mean, they're going to have to get a ton of points. It's 74, 84. I mean, the guy we haven't talked about all year who could score some big points for him is Jordan Wood. So, I mean, but this was, to be fair, a lot of this was based on Connor Schramm, too, and Scotty Parker, and those guys fell off. Right. But, I mean, You've had picks like you had weights like that too. Like honestly, you know, if the it was one point different, you know, you would have went the other way with South Dakota State, and you wouldn't have, couldn't have possibly been more wrong if you tried. But I got this down as an L for me. I, I can I can take it. So um, next one, Lockhaven was 16th. They had 35 last year. Uh, 18 and a half was the preseason. I had them at 23. Alex has them. Had them at 20. So right now they're 13 and a half. Alex has got under 23. Uh, I tend to think you're going to be right. What do you think? Yeah, I feel like this one's pretty safe. I mean, obviously they're counting on Chance Marsteller to score the bulk of their points. And while he's very good, that weight is just a just tough. I mean, I, it's hard to get in the finals there. It's hard to even really get in the top four. He's gonna. He could have a really good tournament and get sixth. So it's going to be hard for them to find the upside. They've, you know, they've got some other guys that'll be there that'll score some points. But you know, Ronnie Perry made that big run last year, and that was huge. I don't. You know, you never know when that's going to happen again. It just doesn't look likely. So I, I like my chances here. Yeah, for for you to be wrong, like Corey Hazel and Thomas Haynes are going to have to do some things. Right. You know, Thomas Minnesota Haynes finished it. Oh, yeah. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Oh, was, Minnesota's was one of the three teams tied for 17th. They're up next. Uh, they scored 27 and a half last year. Their preseason number was 21. David had him at 58. I had him at 55. So he took the over of 55. Currently, they sit at 46 and a half. Um, their high was 51 this year, and their low was 19 pre Gable Stevenson. So 
Uh, this looks pretty good, but it's in that range where it's not a definite yet, right? Yeah. They, so they got Gable, right? So let's just say that's 25. So the rest of the team's got to get 30. And I like my chances with Sean Russell, with Lezak, with Mitch McKee, with Steve Wise, with Devin you know, uh, Skatza. But you got a lot of guys here that could all finish round at 12, right? So, right. you know, I mean, it's not a lock, but, you know, Sean Russell feels like he's going to be, you know, I think he'll do, you know, medal. And Lezak has performed well at the Nationals the last two years. Uh, Mitch McKee, you know, can finish six, seven, eight. And if that happens, that'll be enough. So I'm putting this down as a tentative check. All right. Wisconsin. Yeah, I think Friday night. Friday night's going to decide that one. Yeah. Yeah. Wisconsin. 17th last year, three-way tie, 27 and a half points. Um, is the preseason 21 I had. Or sorry, hold on. 21 is the preseason. I said it. I had it at 23. Alex had it at 24. So we took the over. They're at 27 and a half. So unless there's a catastrophe, uh, next subject win for Alex Dean there. Yeah, I mean, it's again, you're relying on a couple of guys, especially Evan Wick is, you know, their main point scorer. So you have to hope nothing happens to him. But they've got some other nice parts. Their heavyweight's solid. Uh, they got a, a lot of guys that'll score points, and Connor Brown will probably get a pin or two on the backside, so that's always good for bonus points. I like it. You say Connor Brown? Yeah, he's gone. I did that. I, he just left, but I still think you're fine with Hilger. Like with Hilger, I think Hilger and Wick will score twenty-seven points for you, or twenty-three points for you by yourself. So yeah. So Brown, Brown's actually not at school. I actually talked to him the other day, but yeah. Anyway. Oh, All right. well, that's that's unfortunate, so I'll, I'll I'll amend it. I'll be down four points, and I'll still win by a half. <laughs> there you go. There you go. <laughs> so, Wyoming, 27.5 points as well. Their preseason was 9.5. They lost a little bit. Um, David had them at 10. I had them at 15, so he took the under 15. Uh, they're projected at 9.5 right now. Most of that, I think, is Montori Bridges and uh, Branson Ashworth, correct? I think so, yeah. Yeah. What do you think? I I feel like this is, I mean, they're going to have to push some guys into the ranking, like into the medal matches. Like right now, Branson Ashworth is nine, but the top eight is Joseph, Marinelli, Wick, Shields, Marstow, or White, Lewis, Massa. And then behind, and then we still have Joe Smith, Romero, Bryce Steyer, Connor Flynn, and Montori Bridges is at a weight that's not deep at all, right? Misik, Fix, <laughs> Santos, Soriano, Philippi, Wilson, Lezak, Ernesty, Tucker, Gomez, Pletcher, RBY. And right behind him is Gonzer, Thornton, uh, Gary Wayne, Corbin Myers, Terrell. So um, I actually talked to Ethan last night, too. But I mean, and I, I would like to be wrong about this because I'm friends with him and Branch, but I feel like this is a win. So, yeah, they're going to have to get a good draw or somebody get red hot. But yeah. So number 20 was UNC. Uh, 2018, they scored 27. Preseason was 19. I set it at 24. You set it at 21. So you took the under. They're at 18. So that feels like it's a little shaky for you, right? Yeah, it's going to be really close. I mean, obviously, they're going to have a lot of guys that have sneaky potential. I mean, Gary Wade Harding's a battler. 
You never know what he's going to do with his one last shot. You know, Austin O'Connor has been really good this year, but he took a, a loss to find silver. So is he going to be fifth, you know, fourth, fifth type guy, or is it going to be more seventh, eighth? That's a big deal for a number like this. When you're talking about 24 being the number, uh, you know, and Chip Ness was an all American last year. He could do it again. They got a lot of guys that are, you know, have some sneaky potential, but they got to punch those guys through. Um, if they get a couple through and everybody else gets to the round of 12, that might be enough to get 24 depending on bonus points. So, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely going to be sweating this one out. It's going to be tight. Yeah, and they got Corey Gilland, Daniel, that may not place, but, you know, generally um, can, you know, put some points on the board with bonus and things like that. So, yeah. Right. So I've got you. I've got that down. as So here's what I have just to summarize, okay? I picked the odds. So I have me being right about Penn State, Iowa, Cornell, Nebraska, Oklahoma, or wait, uh, Illinois, uh, Minnesota, and Wyoming being wrong about Lehigh and question marks with uh, NC State and with Rutgers. I've got you being right about Ohio State, Michigan, question mark with Mizzou, probably behind with Virginia Tech and ASU, right with SDSU, big, probably the most interesting question mark of all these with Oklahoma State, and then right with Lockhaven, right with Wisconsin, and question mark with North Carolina. So I've got one, two question marks. I'm seven, one, and two, and I've got you one, two, three, four, five, Let's see, one, two, five, two, and three. So hopefully that happens. And chicken wings for your boy. That's not going to happen. All your all your question marks are going to go the wrong way. All of mine are going to go the right way. I'm going to win again. Since we didn't never done this before. Can you say again? Say it again. What is again? It's fake news. It? Okay. All right. You I wanna, mean, you know, you I don't know. Our wake, our we'll wake picks real quick. We, we, we've got sure. Let's go through that. I haven't. Even, I haven't even looked at these. I'm sure they'll be embarrassing. So, <laughs> well, we, I'll, we'll do every other weight. I'll start 125. Alex, here are his. What we did was pick our top four and two wild cards, guys who were not in the top eight. He had Spencer Lee, Dayton Fix, Nick Soriano, Sebastian Rivera, Sean Vaz, Rayvon Foley. I had Spencer Lee, Nick Soriano, Dayton Fix, Sebastian Rivera, Brandon Courtney, Pat Glory. So I think Spencer Lee will place in the top four. At least we're at least all American. We were fixing Soriano, don't count. Rivera's a great call. Uh Foz and Foley, I feel like are two pretty strong maybes. Brandon Courtney is a dead miss because he's not gonna wrestle, but I like my Patrick Glory pick a lot. Yeah, I'd say three of the four guys on that list of the wild cards have a have a good chance to uh, all American. Uh, you know, Foley took a recent tough loss, but all the three of the four being alive and the other one just because he's not a starter. So uh, he's proven he's solid uh, just a year away, unfortunately for him. At 133, uh, none of our top three picks are, well, hey, you have Wilson deleted out here. So he's still in it. What? Um, I haven't deleted out. I don't know why you, who, who do you have highlighted here? I don't know. That's okay. Okay. I, 
I misread that. I had I thought you highlighted guys that were at other weights or not wrestling anymore because of the way you did 125. That's misread it because I didn't prepare. Bad Alex. <laughs> Bad host. <laughs> So anyway, 133 pounds. I had Seth Gross, Stevon Micic, Luke Pletcher, and Ethan Lezak as my top four. David had Micic, uh, Gross, Tariq Wilson, and Lezak. So obviously Gross is a miss. Um, Pletcher's kind of having a rough season, and Wilson's been hurt. But otherwise, you know, all of those guys could get in there other than Gross. The uh, wild cards, we both took RBY, which will be an interesting to follow. And we both took Austin DeSanto, who also has a good chance to be an All-American this year. So overall, pretty good at 133. Yeah, I, you know, I think I win this weight because I have Misich over Gross, which will definitely happen. So next topic. <laughs> I'm, getting, I'm getting hosed by all of these injuries. <laughs> They're all going against me. Yeah, no, for sure. So anyway... Um, all right, 41. We had this identical. So we both had Yanni 1, McKenna 2, Ironman 3, <clears throat> Brock 4, uh, Store, and <laughs> two All-Americans. So I think, uh, you know, I think five look good, and we just we need some cowboy love, and I think we'd be good here. So, Yeah, I mean, you never know when a guy like Cade Brock, obviously we've seen him before wrestle very well, and he's shown some flashes at times, so you just never know. But, yeah, that looks like a miss. and. Yeah, I actually like Mitch McKee a little bit better than Kanan Store right now, just the way he's wrestling. So we'll see how that goes. 149 pounds. We both picked Anthony Ashnault to become Rutgers' first national champion in school history. Um, I had Grant Leith second. He's obviously out. Micah Jordan in third and Matt Kalodzik fourth. David had Micah Jordan second, Grant Leith third, Kalodzik fourth. So obviously we'll both miss on Leith. Everybody else looks pretty good. The wild cards, I had Tommy Thorne and Ryan Blees, which looked like two big misses. David had Pat Lugo and Josh Maruka. Uh, Lugo definitely wrestling well here at the end of the year. Uh, Maruka's better than my two wild cards. We'll put it that way. Yeah, so, you know, I'm going to say we both get to substitute Mahler for Leith. Okay. I'm going to just make the judgment call since it's it's fair to both of us. So I think we'll just do that. And, uh, you know, I think, you know, maybe if I can't remember, I'm sure you're going to tell me somehow I'm losing at this point. I think I would pick one up here with Lugo probably. So, all right, 57. We both had knife, n- Nolf, knife, Nolf one, Hidley two, Pantaleo three. Um, I like this. You had Shields, Caleb Young, and Bleas. I had Berger, Caleb Young, and Fox. Maybe I don't like this because I think Berger will place higher than Shields or Blees, but Shields and Blees will both place higher than Fox because Fox might not even be starting. It might be Mandarino. So we'll see. If uh, Shields or Blees uh, don't make the stand, then you know I might be ahead there because I think Berger would do better. Yeah, good call on the Berger pick. That's a, that's a nice call. 165. I had Vincenzo Joseph, and you did as well, winning it. Um, second place, I had Alex Marinelli, then Massa, then Joe Smith, which, interesting that we both had Joe Smith at 165, <laughs> considering most of the year that wasn't true. Uh, David had Joseph winning, Chance Marsteller second, Wick third, and Joe Smith fourth. <laughs> oh, that's right. You know, Seeing these again for the first time in a while, I have Lehigh 165, whoever wins the spot, knowing there was like four guys in contention. And I and let then, you have uh, that, Lewis. to be fair, to be fair. 
Right, <laughs> right. And we had Lewis as the wild card. Why was why was Lewis outside of the top eight? I do not remember. No, Makai Lewis, not Daniel Lewis. Makai Lewis, right? Man, we need yeah. we need initials. Um, you had Massa as your wild card, and then Lewis. Oh, that's right. I took Lehigh as the wild card because Massa, who you picked as a wild card, I had getting third, so I, I figured I'd just take him in that way. So, uh, yeah, again, looks like you might have a little bit of an edge here. Um, the Lehigh 65 situation never resolved too much. Um, I have a huge advantage. I have Wick and you have Lehigh. Yeah. I'm, now I, have, I know. Or you have Marinelli, but still, Marcelo is going to play, so 165 should be for your boy. So, all right, 74. 55 is pretty deep, though. Okay. Deep, man. (laughs) You're reaching, brother. All right, 74. We will head Zahid 1, Hall 2, Amin 3. Thank God I had Daniel Lewis 4. You had Michael Kemmer, so clearly just dumb pick on your part. (laughs) Injuries, man. Injuries are killing me. I can't wait till we get to the next one. You explain this away. Um, We both have Labriola 5. I have Taylor Lujan. You have Deshaun Campbell. So, you know, you want to – let's talk about that. Can I have Campbell at 65? <laughs> that makes sense. Over Lehigh? He's at least got a shot. <laughs> yeah. He's at least got a shot. I'm going to let you have that. If he makes yep. it, I'll let you have it. All right. <laughs> I like my Dodge at 74, too. I think I'm, I think I'm good here. Yeah, I, I had hoped that Campbell going up to 74 would solve some of his ills, but it really didn't, so – That's on me. I was hopeful it didn't work out. (laughs) Moving up to 184, we both have Miles Martin winning it. Um, My two through four were Vins, Rashid, Parker, which could happen. Um, Your two through three, four were Parker, Vins, Dean. So slight edge me, I think, on that one, although it's close. Our wild cards both had Ryan Price, and you have Nick Renan. I have Cash Wilkie. This is going to be a good one. Um, Renan is hurt. So that's an injury that kind of went through went against you. Otherwise, I think he'd be top four easy. Um, unfortunately, he's just not 100%. And Wilkie, I don't know. He doesn't look like an All-American right now, but he's been around to 12, what, the past two years when he didn't look like an All-American. I mean, shoot, the one year he didn't even get into the field until somebody withdrew and he was around to 12. So who knows? Um, what do you think? Well, we both, by name, forgetting order, we both have Martin, we both have Benz, we both have Parker, we both have Price. So it really comes down to you have Rashid and Wilkie, and I have Venz and Renan. I think I like Dean Rashid, and Renan. Dean and Renan, sorry. Um, so I think I like Rashid's chances better than Dean's. And even though Renan's hurt, I think I like his chances better than Wilkie. So it kind of feels like it's a push, but, you know, I don't know. If Renan's hurt, then... It's definitely in your favor. Yeah, I don't know how much he'll be able to heal. If he can heal a little bit, but it's been a while, so we'll see. Run through 197. 197. Both nickel, both more, both Weigel. Thank God Weigel came back. Look a little smarter. Okay, you have, and, and for a while you were looking so good here, man. You had Connell or Connell, Slay, Onus. I got Miklas, Schultz. Rocky. Can we just can we check the Asian box at 197 and move on? Yeah, I think so. I mean, Honus had a big win the <laughs> other day, but that's going to be tough. And Slade doesn't. He looks like around a 16 guy. And of course, Connell's hurt. So 
Nicholas and Brucky look like all Americans to me, and Schultz absolutely could be. You might go six for six here. So yeah, I'm definitely checking the diminutive Asian box. So <laughs> not diminutive, sir. <laughs> <But anyway. laughs> all right, go ahead. Heavyweight. Heavyweight, we both had Gable Stevenson winning it. I have Neville's stole Hall after that. You had Hall White stole. Um, so edge you on those. Obviously, Neville's not gonna wrestle. I had Gilland Daniel and Conan Jennings as the wild cards. You had Hain and Jennings, Haynes and Jennings. Um I, I don't know that that's a really a big edge either way. Haynes and Gilland Daniels both kind of coin flip. Long shots to yeah, long shots to all American there, but you have White and I have Neville's, um, so you're going to win this one. I feel like I've won a lot of these. I feel like me. I, I feel like fate has conspired against me. All the injuries are going the wrong way. Um, you know, I'm sure you texted some of these coaches to find out who was injured before <laughs> this. I, I just know it. So I feel um, like I might it's, win. It's a- all about your connections. <laughs> I feel like I might win 11 out of the 10 weights. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> Please offer me odds on you winning eleven out of the ten weights. I will take that bet. All right, hey, I will. Uh, I will put this bet down right now. Okay, for real. Penn State's best five against everybody else's ten. Oh, I'm not taking that because I don't know that any of the second place teams are going to have great tournaments, and so you know, Penn State is probably going to, almost certainly, going to win three titles. Probably going to win four and could win five. So that's that's going to be well over 100 points, and I'm not sure if anybody else gets to 100. There's, you know, three teams that have an outside shot probably, but, uh, yeah, I, I wouldn't take that bet. I, I think Penn State's the right side of that one. All right. Well, I will say I've been saying that all year. So how about yeah, you have. Penn State's best five minus 15? I'd probably take that one. All right, I'll do that. That would be a lot closer. Okay. I'm going to do it just because I want some action on this. Yeah. Well, speaking of Penn State, um, you have an announcement about one of their future wrestlers in a very intriguing matchup at your event. I didn't even mean to segue you, but that is awesome. Well done. Yep. So, (laughs) okay. So we are partnering up with AWL, and they've been helping us get some pro matches We've already brought going to bring you Joey Lavalley, Levon Mays. We're going to bring you Joe Cologne, Alan Waters. But I am, I'm, I literally got my fist. I'm pounding my desk. Kamal Bay, under twenty, Greco World Champion. Aaron Brooks, under twenty, Freestyle World Champion. Three style exhibition. One period freestyle. One period Greco. One period folk style. Pins only end the period, like sets in tennis. You got to win two out of the three sets or two out of the three periods. Neither one of these guys are near as athletic as Alex Steen, but you know that being said, this might be kind of an exciting match. I, I'm for real. I am jazz, man. This is going to be awesome. Well, they both have the edge in that their shoulders stay in their sockets for longer than 43 seconds. So um, that's good for them. Uh, This is really interesting because, I mean, I don't remember when the last time Kamal wrestled uh, freestyle or folk, you know, in competition. Obviously, he used to do it. He used to wrestle freestyle in Fargo quite a bit. And, you know, he's not that far removed from high school. So I assume he's wrestled some folk. But I have a hard time seeing him 
given Brooks a lot of trouble in freestyle and folk, but all he's got to do is take one of those. And with his throwing ability, that's always a possibility that he launches him and, you know, gets that lead. So that's going to be really interesting. I love these sorts of matchups where, you know, the rules are a little bit different. We get to see some fun and both guys can let it fly. So should be a heck of a lot of fun. I love what you're trying to do out there. And that's, that's a big matchup. I'll be really interested to see how that goes. I'm telling you, you know, you and me talk a lot up here. I'm so proud of what this event is growing into. I mean, we've got UFC champion Randy Couture, Tyron Woodley, former UFC champion. We got Jaden Cox, world champion. We've got age group world champions in these two. We got all Amer- we got bronze medalist in Joe Cologne. We got multiple time All Americans in the three other guys, and we've got a gazillion state titles in the battle from Missouri and Missouri Border Brawl. So, I mean. It's it. This is going to be a blast. You know, we're putting a few last matchups together. I might have a huge one to tell you guys about next week, but really excited about this. Uh, the live stream will be on track. Obviously, you're going to be in the Kansas City area. NitroTickets.com. Get your tickets. Uh, we have maybe I think ten of the ten dollar tickets left, but we've already sold almost out of those completely, and we're going to sell out. We'll announce this next week, but. However many seats we sell as of Saturday night, that's all the chairs we're putting down on Sunday. Everyone else is going to have to get standing room only. You're not going to be able to get seats at the door. Um, We're going to reward those people that bought tickets. And even if some rows don't sell out, we're just going to move those people in the back up. So if you're going to buy tickets, get them. Don't wait because we're not going to do it. Um, We actually have to pay for the chairs. So we save the money if we don't do that, which is more money to the veterans. So if if this isn't enough reason all these matches combined and the money's going to charity, uh, you should probably question whether or not you're really a wrestling fan. That's absolutely true. Uh, you're doing a great job, and I can't wait for this event. This is a great time of year. There's lots of great wrestling, all the D1 conference tournaments coming up. There's more to talk about, but we're pushing 70 minutes here. So, you, so do you have anything more to tell people other than you're kicking my butt at every competition this year? You actually picked, I looked it up, of all the match, the duels we picked, you won. So I got to give you that. You won. You're the journalist of the year for the reason. I'm the sidekick for a reason. Uh, but next, this is the worst rankings week of the year. Um, I will probably, people don't know, I'll probably be harassing Alex profusely on Sunday evening. And uh, But I know I won't be able to talk to him until 9 o'clock because you'll be at the BOK Center, right? That is correct. I'll be downtown Tulsa watching the Big 12 tournament. Say hi to mom and dad for me, man. So um, other than that, I'm good. Congrats to Clackamas. Congrats to Grandview. And uh, congrats to all the people that meddled out of co-op. Well done. All right. We will have all of the action from the Division I college postseason after this weekend when we come back next week. Until then, I'm the nearsighted Alex Steen for the long-sighted David Maricatani <laughs> signing off. <laughs>